Hello and welcome to Lady Time, a podcast for those of us in midlife. Today I have my friend Vesta Herbert from Pennsylvania who lives in West Virginia in the US and Vesta is a mum of one. She works in healthcare, in cardiac care. She works in the theatre in surgery. She's also a health coach and an empowerment strategist like me. Vesta and I met on the Empowerment Strategist course that we're doing online with JJ Plazanes. And Vesta, you weren't always in uh, healthcare. Vesta started off in the military. That was her second job. She worked as a truck driver in the military. And before that, she had a very interesting job, which we'll talk about soon. Vesta, you're very welcome to Lady Time and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yay, thank you. And Vesta, you are, you know, you're still in your early 40s, so you're just coming into midlife. How is midlife so far? Uh, So far, so good. Um, My son is an adult now, so I have a lot of me time, which is something I've never had before. And I'm still trying to find uh, what to put in my me time because life has been so much about him for so long that when he became an adult, I wasn't really sure what to do with my time. So I take courses like empowerment strategist and I love it. So it's good. Okay. Because you, you've been raising your son on your own. Of course, that that's your, your life was very focused on parenting. Very, very. What was that like for you being a mom on your own? Um, well, it was amazing. It's uh it's definitely challenging. I have um I moved to West Virginia when my son was 8. My son's name is Blaze. When he was 8 and uh my brother is he became like a support system to help me. Um and that is wonderful. And we I guess we're like one big happy family down here, but um it's super challenging because you don't like uh I don't ever, I never had alone time. And I, um, I talk often about how I, how much I love coffee. And I think that I love coffee because when I, when it was, when it's always just been me and Blaze, I would have to find my me time. And my coffee time was my me time because he was, he sleeps, you know, he would sleep. So I would get up before him and have like an hour to myself where I would just drink coffee and, read books or whatever, whatever I felt like doing that didn't require like parenting in the moment parenting. And so, um, it was extremely challenging, but at the same time, he's 19 and, uh, we're, I think we're extremely close. And so I think that's because I was a single mom that we're super, super close. And he, um, yeah, he's still my world. You know, he's as much as one can be when they're 19 year old boy, but he, uh, yeah, he, um, we're still very close. He calls me when things go wrong in his life. He doesn't always call me when things go great in his life, but that mm-hmm. might change one day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And you're such a great mom. I know. Parenting is, it's full on and you, you, you do have to carve out your me time. You do have to carve out your me time and morning time is always good when they're still asleep. But yeah, so you're at the other end of that now where you do have time for you. So on the other side, I, uh, I did have emptiness syndrome when Blaze graduated. I didn't know what to do with my time. 
And I remember talking to another mom and her daughter wasn't going to go away because she was worried about her mom and her, uh, her name's Christy. And Christy was like, no, you have to go away. Like I, it's like, I've lived my life for so long. Just like there were times I would introduce myself as Blaze's mom. And I've always had my me time to a certain extent, but then like, I'm, I'm still Blaze's mom. That's never going to go away. But it got to the point, like when he graduated and like, you know, moved on to adulthood, I was like, what do I do with my time? I still, I still don't know. Sometimes I'm like, huh, I have like two hours in a row to not do anything, you know, and I'm not worried about what he's eating for dinner. Well, sometimes I still worry about that, but you know, um, but it's a different, it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different parenting set, like when they're adults, because he still needs me. He'll never admit that he doesn't, and he doesn't ask me for anything. So it's not like, but he, you know, he's still 19 and doesn't have like a full-time job where he's making lots like money to support himself. But at the same time, I can't treat him like a baby because he is an adult. So it's like a whole different, so uh, he's like my equal now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. So I'm not there yet with my kids, but yeah, my eldest is um almost 16. So yeah, it's three years away, really, where, where you're at. It's, it, I suppose, is is it like a gradual thing or is it one day you wake up going, oh, holy cow, they're adults already? <laughs> it's kind of, no, it's, it, it's a little bit of both. So, so I, so I taught Blaze how to cook when he was in high school. He's done his own laundry for, I don't know, a long time. And uh, you know, so he can be, he can do the adult things, but there's so much more to it. Like little things that you're like when, so he did go to college for one semester and decided it wasn't for him, which I was like, that's fine. When I was driving him to college, all I kept thinking was all the things I didn't teach him. So I was like talking, crying, talking, crying, like, here's, don't forget this. Don't forget this. And he finally was like, mom, it is fine. I'm going to be fine. He had to like, cause I was having like this, I got, I got nervous, but then once, once it settled, I've been fine, <laughs> but oh man, it was, it was like all at once. I was like, okay, he's, he's done. He's done. Like, yeah, it's scary. It's is what it is. You know, I get I'm, that. I'm yeah. To the world. Yeah. It's scary. So, so all of a sudden they're ready to leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're ready to leave. And then. Oh, I didn't teach them all this other stuff. Right. Like, okay. yeah, all this life stuff. But you have taught him so much stuff. Yeah. I have. And he's yeah. a good kid. And and I so, so I have to like read. Okay. I'll take a breath and I'll be like, okay. Like he, he's makes smart decisions. He's a good kid. He's not like he lives by himself and hasn't yet to have a party. Like, you know, I mean, he's very, he's just a laid back, cool child, adult, yeah, adult. <laughs> Yeah, adult yeah. child. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well done. And um, that's great. And so you're using your time then to, to re-educate, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently working on me. So um, the la the most recent thing is, oh, so I'm doing the empowerment strategist, which I love that because even before I, so I'm new to JJ. Most people that took the course have known about her. For a while, but I was new and I was like, I love her. I like it instantly. Like I listened to some stuff and I was like, oh, good. And like, I'm all about, like, I want to, like, I want to empower people. And so I was like, let's try it. Let me try it. And so I wasn't even sure I would qualify because, you know, she said like, 
specific things at the beginning. And I was very insecure about even putting in for the application. Oh, okay. Yeah. I filled it out a couple times before I actually sent it. I had to like talk myself into knowing like the worst thing that could happen is she might say no. And that would be the worst thing. So anyway, it's been this year, this last year has been amazing. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. It has been. Yeah. And it was great to meet you in person. Yes. (laughs) You've probably finished your course in health coaching. So this is my, yes, this is my second time doing the health coaching thing. It's not my, it's not my second time. So the first one I did, I can't be board certified. So I, I took an extension to a course I already took and it's new and um, it's so I can become board certified, a board certified health coach. And it's through a program called Mind Body Green and I love it and I'm learning a lot. So tell me about this. What is health coaching? Mind health coaching, yeah, health coaching is um, where I basically, uh, people will come to me and they want to uh, make changes for their health in certain ways. Um, the best way to describe it is like, I, I believe in functional, functional medicine, functional nutrition. I feel like a lot of times um, in health, you can maybe fix some things that go wrong with you through diet and exercise and just lifestyle changes. And this will just, uh, as a health coach, you just help people implement diet, exercise, life, exercise and lifestyle changes to make yourself healthier or whatever your, whatever your goal is, is like, instead of like, if somebody comes in and they have high blood pressure uh, there are many ways to change your diet and exercise and lifestyle to reverse that. I'm not going against anybody. Like if you're on medication, you can't just quit your medication or anything like that. But there are definitely things you can do to make yourself better. And I'm just here to help people maybe be a guide, like be your... um you're, if you, you know, when you're driving a car on a long road trip, you got your, the passenger, I'm the passenger. I'm going to show you, I'm going to guide you and lead you in that direction where you want to go. Brilliant. So for I say functional medicine, so that's about diet and exercise mostly. No, functional medicine is more, okay. So it's like, let's fix the problem and not the symptom. Okay. Rather, you know, so rather like I like to use blood pressure because when I work in with the heart, so a lot of people will get high blood pressure. They call it the the silent killer because you don't realize you have high blood pressure for a long time sometimes, but it can cause heart, it can cause heart, heart disease, all kinds of issues. And so if you just like a few things, like you can take salt out of your diet, that would really help. Like, and you know, so if you, so like functional medicine, that's like, you're, you're basically getting to the core of the problem because society today, so many people want to come into the hospital and be like, give me a pill, make me feel better. And that pill will have like a hundred side effects. So instead of like, I'm not, you know, instead of going straight after the pill, let's find out why you have high blood pressure and then fix that problem. So then you won't need a pill. Fantastic. So that's really interesting. It sounds like you're going to look deeper underneath 
the symptom as to why this is happening. And that's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I've only heard about functional medicine in the last couple of years. I mean, I think, I, I think I know it for a long time, but I haven't heard that term until a couple of years ago. Is that big in the US or? Um, functional, no, unfortunately, no. There's some programs that people may have heard of like here and there. And it's, that people might have heard. There's a program called the Dean Ornish program, and it's specifically about heart disease and its ways. And it's, it's amazing. It, it's got it's scientific research done to prove like it helps, but it has like changes your diet, but not only does it change your diet, but like they do stress relief. They do meditation. They do. And it's this pro, this guy, he's really cool. His name, I mean, Dean Ornish. And I actually don't even know if he's alive. I think, I feel like it's, it's been a long, long time since the, like, since not a long, long time, the seventies, I think is when the study was done and it's held the test of time. So like some people may have heard of the Dean Ornish program, but that's, and that's just a form of functional medicine. It's, it's, I guess it's trying to, in some areas it's trying to make, to come up, but you know, it's hard, it's hard to get people to want to fix this not just fix the symptom, you know, yeah. Want, yeah, not to take responsibility, like right. to take responsibility. Right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. You started work. Your first job was very interesting. Can I ask you about that? Sure. Yeah. What was your first job? It was, I worked at a tampon factory in central oh. Pennsylvania and, um, amazing. I've never yeah, met anyone who worked in a tampon factory. I, I, I love, um, Cause I go to different places for my job now. And I love to tell people that I worked at a tampon factory and then my next job was a truck driver, but the tampon factory was super cool. I, w- I worked there for three years. I mean, it was cool for three years. I'm happy with where I am, but it, we made tampons from scratch. It looked like we had giant cotton balls that were like 500 pounds. And then we would take them and needle them to different absorbencies. And then the, there were spools of paper that we would make the cardboard applicators from. And then there was a machine, we called it the tampon machine, where it put everything together and out popped the, the tampons when it was done. It was really cool. It was fun. Um, it was definitely a life experience. I worked uh, second shift, which means 3 to 11, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. And it was wow. it was fun. I met cool people. I'm still friends with some of the people. And well, I like people anyway. So um, yes. it was, yeah, it was fun. It was nice. Yeah. It's such an interesting job yeah. and uh, something that we've all encountered. Everybody, uh, every right. woman yes. <laughs> needs a tampon yeah. very regularly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, until they hit midlife, of course, until they hit menopause. So yeah, that's really interesting. And then you join the military as a truck driver. I did. I was a truck driver in the army for four years. Um, which was fun. I, um, I'm from a really small town and I didn't, I kind of just wanted to, I just wanted to get out of town e- e- in an easy way, you know, and you get paid to be somewhere else essentially. But, um, interesting when I joined, it was 2001 and, uh, nothing was happening in the world. And then while I was in basic training, so in the army, you're basic training and then you go to AIT, which is where you learn your skill. Basic training is everybody, whatever your job's going to be. And then you go to AIT, which is where, what, like where I went to truck driving school. But during basic training was when uh, September 11th happened, when the Twin Towers got hit. I was almost done with basic training. 
So then the whole world of the military changed while I was in from the beginning to the end. So, oh wow, yeah, like bases, like uh, army bases used to be open, meaning anybody could drive in and out. But before I even got to my duty station, which was eight weeks later, maybe seven, like they had people put barbed wire up and people weren't allowed. They closed all the bases. And I just wanted to see my nephew in California when I was there in San Diego. And I can't, I couldn't get on the base. Like he had to come see me. Because okay. you still can't get on. It's still closed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah. So you, you then... What happened then? So you were there for four years and then. So then I got out. Um, and decided that wasn't for you anymore. Uh, right. So you, when you sign up, I, at least for when I signed up, I signed up for four years and then I did oh, okay. my four years and then I got out. And when I got out, I had, he was almost, Blaze was almost one. I had him when I was in the army. Okay. And so I went back home to Pennsylvania and I went to x-ray school. <clears throat> Which is, uh, well, it took, it's three, it was three years. So I went to x-ray school and so I went to the, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland from Pennsylvania to work in the cath lab, which is where I learned how to, um, assist doctors. Basically they, in that field, I put, they put, um, stents and balloons in people's hearts. We take pictures inside the heart to see if their arteries are closed. And, um, we put stents and balloons in and, that uh, it's like high energy. I was very excited. Um, like, cause it's, it's very, it's intricate and I don't, I didn't do a lot there because they have, um, doctors that are training to do it. So you do less, but then I was there for three years and I moved to West Virginia, which is where I live now kind of. And, um, but I learned how to do hands-on and, uh, and then I learned the EP lab, which is, we do, um, what's called ablations and pacemakers and ICDs. So we put pace and, um, an ablation is if somebody has an arrhythmia, we burn inside the heart and, uh, I help doctors do that. And so that's currently what I do. I just travel different places to do it. So that's very delicate very sensitive work isn't it yeah it's really cool i mean we go in and um the doctors do all the uh, the pretty much all the work as far as like manipulating the catheters and stuff but they go in and they make a map with there's like internal on on the catheters there's internal electrodes that take a map of inside the heart so you can figure out exactly where an arrhythmia is coming from and make sure and make it so it doesn't come ever come back. It's pretty fascinating. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. Oh, I didn't know that you could, you could stop that. You could. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Pretty neat. Yeah. You could stop that happening for, and, and stop it coming back. Wow. So that's uh very serious and very important work. And then, also in healthcare. So there's a little theme apart from the military, there's a theme of healthcare. Uh, yes. Being Definitely. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love it's It's, it's an ever growing field and I don't know. I don't know what I'll do forever. I don't know. Um, but I do love, uh, I love learning and in the EP world, you're always learning new things. And sometimes I think I know enough and then I'm like more equipment comes out and stuff like that. So it's, you know, ever evolving. And I feel like I am too, ever evolving. So who, I don't know what's next, 
as far as that goes, but I definitely like healthcare and stuff like that. So. Well, that's great. And then you have the other side of the healthcare, which is the coaching and the functional side of it and the empowerment strategies. So it's, it's a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I see a lot, the, um, in cardiologists, a lot, a lot of times don't even tell patients that it's an option that you could change your lifestyle. And I don't know if they're so conditioned that they're just there to fix the problem and not really talk about prevention. And so I, when I saw that, that's kind of what made me go toward, um, the health coaching stuff, because I feel like somebody, some, some people want to know that they can change their life. And some people don't, I mean, and that more often than not, people don't want to know, like I, they just want, you know, they don't want to know that they can do the changes. So it's inspiring when somebody does want to make the changes. And I feel like helping somebody who wants to help themselves would be the coolest thing. Yes, absolutely. And that's it. It's, it's, it's about talking to people who want to, to listen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Helping people who want to be helped. Um, so in terms of then heart, uh, work that the cardiac work, uh, what age, what age is, are most people that come through your, through the surgery, through, through the theater? So, um, with heart attacks, when somebody has, um, I mean, I've seen all ages. It's an, it's very, um, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting, but with heart attacks, that's, Oh, hey, it's getting younger and younger. Really? Well, and the older I get, the younger. Yes. Old, the older young gets or whatever. Yes. Um, but, uh, so, but yeah, so it's mostly, I would say sixties and up, but I've, I've seen, um, I've seen deaths of people younger than that. Like I've seen, um, I've seen stents in 30-year-olds. I've seen a stent put in a 20-something-year-old. And, you know, um, I also live in a state in, in West Virginia. We, we are um, the most obese state in the nation, and we compete with Mississippi. So that does not uh, go well. Uh, obesity and heart disease that go hand in hand. So... That does not. So I've seen a lot there, there, but then you have a lot of congenital things. When I was in Baltimore, there was congenital heart stuff. And so that's babies and kids. And here, yeah. And now I'm in Northern Virginia. I've been there for a year and, um, I do EP, I do the electrical side, but there is, um, a pediatric electrophysiologist who works there and he's done. I mean, I, I saw they, he's put a pacemaker in a five-year-old since I've been there. Like you just don't know. I mean, and that's obviously that's not something you can prevent as a five-year-old, but I've also seen CPR on that same five-year-old. Like it's things happen. And so and is that, was that a congenital thing or was that? Yeah. 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 So hopefully, I mean, hopefully he'll be fine with the heart, with the pacemaker for as long as he can, you know, mm. be fine maker but you know you see all kinds of it but um electrical the electrical side the people are a little younger because a lot of that now some of it is lifestyle but there's more electrical stuff that is not lifestyle and like most of heart most heart disease though is, is i think it's i think heart disease is i want like there's like a percentage 
that you can prevent it. You can prevent heart disease. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's genetic, there's genes, but your, your genetics only play like there's somebody I love. I think it was, I don't know who it was, but he says, um, genes, your genes are the gun, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Wow. That's a good yeah. phrase. Yeah. Wow. So I need yeah, to say about the gun and your life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. So you don't have to like, just because like you're so on your dad had heart disease doesn't mean you have to have heart disease, you know? So yes. Yeah. And it is, it is, uh, you know, making those good choices around your health, which I'm right. sure your health coaching will help people. <laughs> Right. To to see the choices, to see the options, and yes. to encourage them to choose the healthier option, <laughs> and try to make it easier and fun. That's what I want to do. <laughs> like make people want to change, or not make them want to change. I want to, you know, like make it fun. Like find something fun, you know. Yeah. yeah. So so you're really into exercise, and your your diet. Let how, what's your diet and your exercise plan like? Um, so my, I am plant-based. I don't eat anything that comes from an animal and that started. So you're a vegan. Tell me yes, more. Almost 11 years. So, um, wow. yeah, February will be 11 years. Yeah. So it was just, uh, I smoked cigarettes for a really long time. And when I quit, I was like, I need to start being healthier. And then I went vegetarian for like a couple weeks and I was still, and you can be a super unhealthy vegetarian. You can be super healthy and vegan, but I was, I was for those few weeks that I was vegetarian, I was not healthy. We were getting, um, I had free, we had free lunch one day and it was pizza. And I think I ate like 12 pieces of pizza. I swear. It was like just cheese pizza though. And I was like, I need to do something. And I read a book called vegan for 30 days. And so just to try it, I was like, I'm just going to try it. I think I'll feel better. And I do, I feel much, much better for myself. It's just like my own personal. Um, wow. Yeah. And then I do like to exercise. I like to run. Um, I like to exercise. I like to try different things. Um, I always want to do more. Like I'm always like, oh, my consistency's down. But I do, I like to run. I like to do I like to train and find runs that I can do. I've done some long ones and some short ones and in between. That's great. And 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 so how long would you run? Mileage wise? Yeah. I um so I've done three fifty Ks. That's my longest. And then I've done a couple marathons. I've been done some half marathons. I did a half Ironman, which is seventy miles, seventy point three. The point three is the hardest. Oh, so that there that's serious running that's big long distances marathons yeah. and 50k yeah which is 33 I think. and you're vegan and i'm vegan yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i am yeah it's it's fun it's i don't know i um it it made my my eating it makes my eating way more exciting because when i grew i grew up you know i always say like a meat and potatoes kind of person so um, like there's been days where I was like, oh, I can just have broccoli for dinner and I would just have broccoli for dinner. You know, like, I don't know, such a role in my, well, just growing up, I feel like so many people still, and to this day, like you pick a meat and then you pick all the sides to go around it. And I just eat the sides. So I like it. <laughs> it's but obviously you have a good diet because it, to be able to run 
you know, yeah. those lengths, you're obviously very healthy. You yes. know, so you, I mean, uh, yeah. like what proteins do you use? Is it nuts and, and legumes or? Uh, I, so I don't really eat a lot of beans. Um, okay. I just don't like the way they make me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do eat a lot of soy. I have a good protein powder. If, if I'm really working out, I try to do a protein shake every day. Um, and then I eat, I do eat soy, I eat nuts and there's protein in vegetables. It's not like a ton, but there is protein in vegetables. So I try to just, um, if I work out a lot, I just try to eat a little more, but, or consume a little more, drink it. However, you know, like sometimes I'll do smoothies, stuff like that, but I don't really count too much. Um, it's like how much protein I get. But I can, if I'm not, if I'm not getting enough, I can feel it in my body because like I start to get tired or I just, I just don't perform as well in my day-to-day things. So like if I'm not getting enough nutrition, nutrition in any ways, but it doesn't really happen in the end. Yeah. You're very healthy. Wow. That's impressive. That's so super impressive. (laughs) I'm a long way off that running. (laughs) I don't run. I don't run that far now. I, I mean, I did a 50 K last year and I almost signed up for one in a few weeks, but my, my running's been down. Uh, but I still run. I try to get, you know, if I, if I go for a run, it's usually never less than three miles. So it's a couple times a week right now, which I'm okay with. I, I don't want to put too much stress on my brain about working out. Cause sometimes I get really like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And then I have to take a few steps back and be like, what you're doing is enough and just take a break, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not being too hard on yourself. Right. Um, so Vesta, we like to ask people what, what would be, um, your greatest challenge that you've had in life so far? I have two. Oh, um, one of them was quitting smoking. Because yeah. I smoked for a really long time. Um, it's been the same amount of years, like 11 years. And then it was uh, being a single mom. It was yeah. really hard. It, it, it challenged me and a lot. And, you know, it definitely had to, you know, I had to find a lot of gumption some days, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's parenting in a nutshell, Probably. I just only know the single mom version. And you were quite young when you became a mom. I was 24. Yes. Yeah. So, and then you raised your amazing kid. He is amazing. He is. And you raised him very well because now he's able to live on his own at 19 and he's very responsible. I mean, that's, that is quite the achievement because that's the next question I was going to ask you. Is, um, well, before we go on to that, so what was particularly challenging about being a single mom? Okay. So there's a few, um, a few things. So I worked at a job that I didn't love. Okay. And I, in a, uh, and so in a lot of times I didn't want, like, I never want Blaze to feel like I did anything, like anything negative in my life for like for him. I did st- like he needed stability. So I stayed at a job I didn't like for nine years. Okay. So that was hard. Like I had to get up and go to work every day. And I, the, and I'm saying I didn't like the job. I, I loved the people I worked with. It just wasn't, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I'm also raising a son by myself. So I didn't have like money to like take courses like 
empowerment strategist or the health coaching thing. I just kind of had to, I was just raising a son. Like I was doing my due diligence, due diligence, due diligence to raise him to be the best man he can be. And like, I had to put all like my needs aside, like as far as like, I didn't date, I didn't do much. And I'm not, I don't want to, I don't ever want it to feel like I'm blaming him because that would be the worst thing. I never did anything because I did not date because of him. I just, it was life was always happening and it was amazing. We had a good life. We've had a great life. He's, he's into theater. So it's like theater, you're busy. So I also like, I think I compensated for his dad not being around by always being there. At least I tried to like, I maybe overcompensated, but when he had like theater rehearsal, I was there making costumes. When he had his shows, I was on the, in the wings, moving the set pieces in and out. And then, you know, like, and it kept going. And I mean, and when he um, was in high school, he was in show choir. And so I was there and I, and I, one time I missed, um, a us a cross country meet in middle school. And the other, one of the moms, I was so upset. One of the moms was like, Vesta, you cannot be everywhere. But I, it was so, I, there was, I was, I had a really hard time finding a balance of like just being his mom and being who I am and like trying to make it as perfect as whatever can be, you know? And so, the balance was hard. And then just, I mean, I, I went out of town maybe two or three times, but you know, you never have alone time. That was really hard for me. And, mm -hmm. and I have raised a son who also likes his alone time. I remember when he was in high school <laughs> and I was like, Blaze, we have the same day off. Cause my days off would rotate. And he was like, Oh man. I was like, I know. Right. Cause we didn't want to spend a full day together. Not that we didn't want to, we did it all the time, but like, it was so nice to have time alone. So that, that was really difficult. And, and now it's really, really difficult to be without him for like long periods of time. And I know it's a natural progression of parenting, but it is very difficult and it's also the and the hardest part is, is to let go. And I'm not, I don't mean let go, but like the rain, you have the reins when you're parenting, how loose can you let the reins? And then eventually you do have to let go and let him fail. And it's so hard and he's not failing in any way, like, but he will and he has, mm -hmm. and you have to let him because if not, what, what kind of adult is he going to be, you know? So Yeah. That's hard. That's some hard stuff. <laughs> that is hard. And and you're right. We have to let people fail because, you know, failure is part of life and it's a good thing. Wow. You are really there. And that's so cute that he likes his alone time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super cute. That's great. And he can say that. I mean, I love the way you guys communicate. It's so honest yeah. and open and the fact that you can go away and work and do the thing, do the jobs that you like to do. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So your greatest achievement. That's also him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, and you know, I, I live my life in my own terms, but he is, you know, I, I definitely, I love being his mom. And mm. there's something to be said, like when you're parenting, you're no, there's no book. Like, am I doing it right? I don't mm. know. You never know. 
And every kid is so different that everybody has an opinion that you're like, oh, and I like, I definitely have opinions on parenting because you're like, oh, this worked for my kid. It might not work for yours, but it worked for mine. But you know, I, he is definitely my greatest achievement for sure. Like he's such a good kid. He's so good. He's such a good adult. He said that yesterday. I said, you're a good kid. He was like, I'm actually an adult mom. Usually (laughs) Usually I do a man voice when I imitate him, but. I won't do that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's so great. Besta, thank you so much for coming on to talk with me. It's been really nice listening to your story and all the different things that you're doing. And I really appreciate that. And I really admire that you um, have raised your son on your own and that you are so healthy and you're still learning and still reaching for goals and still and you and you really are the example of somebody who's practicing what you preach that's what I really want to do and yeah I I want to because sometimes like there's been times where I have been pretty unhealthy uh, especially you know all this new processed stuff coming out for veganism is amazing you know and it tastes delicious and you're like yay and then I'm like okay that's not really who I want to be. That's not, that's not the lifestyle I want. Cause if I wanted that lifestyle, I would just whatever eat meat. But, um, so I definitely want to be like, I think it's really important if I want to be a health coach, which I am a health coach. I, if I want to be good at it, I do have to lead. I have to lead by example. I definitely think I have to lead by example. So I, I, um, I try my best. I get my inspiration from my clients also. <laughs> so, I mean, absolutely and you 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 do what you say you do like you are you are the role model for your clients which is amazing thank you thank you thanks for having me this has been fun yeah thank you very much and maybe we'll talk again when you're further along the road in your health coaching practice and best to look with it and your empowerment strategist thank you coaching well thank you very much Vesta hopefully we'll have you back on here again Yes, I can't wait. Thank you. So Vesta, for your health coaching, are you online or? I have Instagram and I have Facebook, but I just started that recently. But my Instagram is Vitality with Vesta. And if you, uh, yes, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. Um, so look me up there. I also have an email, which is um, vitalitywithvesta at gmail.com. So. Great. And I'll put them in the show notes. So Vitality with with Vesta or Vitality? Yeah. With Vesta. With Vesta at gmail.com and Vitality with Vesta on Instagram. People in Ireland or in Europe, they could. If they got on the Instagram, you could DM me and I'll answer you. Okay. Or or email you and you, you can do the coaching over Zoom. Yep. Absolutely. I would love to have more clients. Yay. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Vesta. And, and you're, you're in like, particularly your niche will be with vegans or with everyone? Oh, with everyone. I, um, the, I believe wholeheartedly that veganism, I believe wholeheartedly that everybody has their choice in what to eat. My son's not vegan and I don't expect him to be. I tried once, but it was like, he was young and a lot of using a lot of processed food so I was like that's not really what kind of you know whatever so um I um anyone is perfect okay great thank you thank you you have been listening to lady time with Carol Fitzpatrick 
Thank you for listening. If you like what you're listening to, please hit like on our Facebook page or please hit subscribe on the platform you're listening to. We will be back soon with more interviews. Thank you. Bye bye.